What am I angry about this week? What are you angry about? Yeah, I feel like I should be angry about something. Oh, I know what I'm angry about. I know what I'm angry about as well. Go, you first. Uh, but it's going to be part of the show later. It's about deletes. Okay, be angry now, and then we'll come back to you being more angry. I'm yeah, really freaking him. furious. Oh, you can't, KJ, you can't You're not talk allowed yet. to talk yet. We haven't introduced no, you. No, we haven't, we haven't brought you in yet. Just ignore that man behind the what curtain. What am I angry about? Yeah, yeah. I'm angry about the new cars that, um, that uh, remember I called you the other night, and I said, here's another car without its lights on, driving yes. along. So yes. the new LED running lights yes. are so bright. People think they have their headlights on. I think they have their headlights no, on. What they don't realize is that their taillights are off. Right. Because their headlights aren't on. And part of the problem is back in the day, I know we say that a lot, but back in the day, when you turn your headlights on, your dash lights would come on. Correct. Now with LEDs, your dash lights, whether you know it or not, are on all, all the time. The time. All so the time. when your daytime running lights are on, your dash lights are on, yep. and you think, oh, I'm a dumb, you know, I'm not a dumbass, and everybody's looking at you going, so Dude, you're it's a, a freaking epidemic right now it's in Southern bad. California where I cannot, I can't not see someone driving with their out their headlights on. So yeah. I, and I'm I'm going to get shot. I'm warning you now that there's going to come. <laughs> By the gonna, way, that that's a wives' tale when you flash somebody and they shoot no, no, you. No, 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 that's a wives not tale. what I'm talking about. All right, all right. No, but I'm but you know what I'm talking about. I right? do okay. know what you're talking okay. about. It's the same thing with the shoes over yeah, the same right, thing, over exactly. the telephone line. Yeah. The deal with me is that I've taken it one step further. I have a flashlight into my car. That I flash people who are behind me with no lights on to the side of me, and okay. so now I've got my flashlight and, and I'm and flashing. And you give people. me crap for being the old guy on the lawn shaking my cane at the neighbor. Get off my lawn! Exactly. <laughs> but I will tell you, when I was younger, you know those portable spotlights that you'd plug into your 12 volt. Yes. I used to do that to people. I don't do that anymore. I'm much, much more calm and mature. In my Did old we age. have this discussion already? Where? Oh no, it was another podcast that I was on. <laughs> it was. It was funny. Now it, really, it, was, it was the complaint. Cheating on us again? No, I was. I was on a podcast called The Complaint Department. And all they do is, is, okay, is that's, it's complaints. It's that's pretty awesome. funny. Can we complain that they haven't talked about us or were you able to plug us on that? I was able to plug oh, us. Yeah, The Complaint Department. Well played. Yeah, I don't think anyone listens to it though. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but, I, but I, we were talking about it, and that was my beef is that is that I, I'm driving around all the time now with modern cars. You'd expect yeah. the headlights would go on automatically. Yeah. Not the case. People, yeah, I know. they deactivate it, and so they're driving they're around with just, a little yeah. LED light. So I want a sign that it, that is- Turn LED, on your lights, stupid. <clears throat> yep, turn on your headlights. And I want, yeah. it's got to be LED backlit or something yeah, that yeah. I can hold it out. And it's reverse, so- I can shine in there <laughs> through my windshield in their rear view, and they can read it when yeah. they look backwards. Kind of like ambulance written on the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ambulance. That's what I want. So you so are going to get shot. I am going to get shot. Okay. Yeah, but in the process, I'm going to save hey. life because I've turned someone's lights on. Can I? Can I just tell you that we have started to gain some serious momentum with this podcast, and I can't afford you to die. You, die. you get shot, don't die. <laughs> just live. You just live. live like I still, yeah. I still need you. And, just be and grazed. Next week we have a like major, major announcement to make. And I'm we just going to leave it at that. Oh, dude, it's it's. I have an announcement. Awesome. I have, can I show you my? Can yeah, I show yeah, yeah. you mine? I know it's it's visual, so you guys okay. are going to have to bear with me. All right. I'm going to show you something. This will make you happy. Let me just go to my. I find uh, that hard to believe. No, it will. Okay, it will. Hold on. Let me just go here. Can I tell you why I'm angry while you're searching sure, through your phone? You absolutely. That can. way, our listeners aren't sitting in their car and their yeah. commute going, "Why are these guys?" Anyway, so I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, all last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I participated in the Titan meetup with the guys from uh, Truck Trend. We had a uh, a cookoff. With uh, Chef Corey Barr and Dave, Chef David Rose, and they were the judges. Food Network, you guys may know them from uh, from Chopped. Uh, Corey was one of the winners. Super cool dude. Uh, we went up against a Nissan executive team. I brought the best plate of barbecue I've ever made. Uh, for those of you who had my barbecue, you know it's good. Uh, I came up with a a brand new version of my Dr Pepper barbecue sauce, and Corey told me that if it was bottled, we'd be making money. It was the best cola based barbecue sauce he ever had. I put chopped, sliced, and burnt ends on the plate. We lost. 
No, why? What happened? I don't. I don't know because uh, one of the chefs, David Rose, said, uh, "You know, it's we like simple," and I'm like, "Simple." I'm a freaking journalist, and I just threw burnt ends from brisket on your plate with some chopped and some and some uh, some sliced. So I call shenanigans on that. I'm just gonna go out there and call shenanigans. Um, I'm definitely uh, angry. You know, uh, you, you got ripped off because I know how proud you are oh, about, about these uh, your little burnt ends. I, they're awesome, and uh, I haven't had it's them meat yet, candy. So, yeah, it is meat. It meat candy. No, it's totally meat candy. Oh, dude, they were. The I, per- think, I think that's what she said. Yeah, she it, it is what she candy? said. Yeah. All right, you ready for my surprise? All right, go. Let me show you something. Here it comes. Here it comes. No. Yes. Finally. Yes. This is a picture of a truck show <laughs> podcast t-shirt. So if you guys remember, Ryan Kibbe from mm-hmm. Kibbe Tech was on uh, last episode. Yes, he was. And uh, apparently, you know, for those of you who don't know, Lightning owns a clothing company. And apparently Most Lightning- probably do not know Lightning that, right. is the supplier to Kibbe. And so uh, he talked about getting buying a hat from Kibbe and he said, by the way, uh, I'm out of stock. And then he said his T-shirts, I'm out of stock. And yeah. I said, by the way, you're out of stock on Truck Show Podcast T-shirts as well. And so I promptly, uh, I, I jumped into action uh, like a superhero. I was like one of the Avengers, and we and we whipped them up. So on the podcast, if we read your email, we're going to send you a, a, a Truck Show Podcast T-shirt. We are? How about that? I like that. I like right? that. But can I get one first? Because I'm still without a Truck Show Podcast mm, shirt. No, no. They're just for listeners. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. Um, I am going to screen print my own with Puppy No, paint no, you can have one. Okay, you, can, cool. you can have one. But uh, yeah, so uh, you guys email us because we do need email. We need comments. Uh, yep. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Lightning. This is Holman. And guess what? It's time to start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rhymes with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show oh, oh. It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman so this is the diesel episode, right, my friend Holman? Hey, the diesel episode, right? How awesome is that? We're, we're, we're down to man. I think we, we teased that we were going to have Gail Banks in the studio, and we do not have Gail Banks, as promised. Why? So we're a little what shy. Happened? He, had a, <laughs> he, had another, he had a conflicting appointment. <laughs> I bet he did. He's a big military contract guy these yeah, days and no, had something that came up. He's so, super busy. But he wants to be on, and he promises us that he will be on in the near future, but... We did not let you down, our no, listeners. We no, have we... an incredible lineup. Yes, and to start it off, K.J. Jones, editor-in-chief of Diesel Power Magazine, and so much more, but that's your, your main title, correct? That is my title. Good evening, yes. guys. Oh, wait, you're not allowed to talk yet. Here, let's do this first. <laughs> when can I talk? Yo! The <laughs> After your intro. <laughs> yeah, wait. Here we go, here we go. Who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. <laughs> How's that for an intro, yeah. KJ? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a little too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be honest? Is that the best intro you've ever had? That's a pretty good intro. Man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, you like that. I like that. That's one of my favorites, I think. All right. Well, welcome to our little, uh, our crappy little podcast studio here in Santa Ana, California. I saw you lounging on the couch earlier. Your hat is resting on our couch, so you might, you might want to move that hat. I'm not. I'm not take s- the hat out. So KJ, KJ is known for his bucket hats, right? That's his thing, and they are beloved 
to KJ, but I will tell you, it is resting on the casting couch yes. right now. It's a it's dangerous place. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know what kind of bed bugs or other things. I, I, I believe I see the ends of your hat dissolving. That couch is only that couch is only in here for emergencies and to fill up the space and suck up sound. It's not actually made for people to uh, use. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I think so. it has been. It's got a lot of miles on it. Noted. Noted. So, KJ, uh, wow, so much to talk to you about, and, and I'm dying to get to a couple of topics. But first and foremost, how did you originally end up at Diesel Power Magazine? What brought you to this point in your career? Um, well, Sean Holman, your partner here, Sean P. Holman, uh, brought me to Diesel Power, worked uh, for many, many, many years with another title, and uh, that title was closed. And when that happened, I was um, in a little bit of a flounder space, and... There was a need in the truck group for an editor of Diesel Power, and Sean approached me about it, and that's how it came to be. Um, But one of the things that I like to share, especially with young people, is that you never know who's watching you, because over the time that I was with the other title, Sean and I might have had about 10 words between each other for about 10 years. Usually once a year, I'd go... We would be like MPMC or something, like, KJ Jones, and then he would go Sean, and then we would pass, and that would and that, be it. That's a press event for that. And I'd walk know, away right, saying, yeah. "Like, who is that guy?" But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you. So many people think that oh, that that person is beneath me, or 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 they, they 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 don't pay you know any attention, or or God forbid they they make fun of someone or whatever, and they and then later on in life that person is their boss I, or in a position yeah. of hiring them. I, I or, will I will tell you what always impressed me with KJ is. Uh, Great writer. You could tell in the office he was a leader. He went through difficult situations on his previous title, which was one of the Mustang books. Um, The company decided to close that down. KJ dealt with drag racing. He dealt with forced induction. He dealt with, you know, turbos, supercharging, elapsed times. And other than fuel, if you think about it, those are all the things that are inherent to the diesel world. So bringing KJ over, he already had the fundamentals of racing down. He already had the fundamentals of forced induction down. He already had a lot of those things. All he needed to learn is the fuel and the engines and, and, and really acclimate himself to the diesel market. And to me, it was a no-brainer. It was an opportunity for me to, to keep a guy who you know was a great asset to the company, super smart, passionate about, about the things that he liked. And I knew he was going to make a great editor. And I was able to, to me, it was a coup for me to grab him from that side of the, the business and bring him to the truck group. And, and we haven't looked back. I think uh, Diesel Power is in great hands for me. It was I was the editor of Diesel Power for a few years and then uh, got promoted to oversee our truck group. And uh, I need somebody to, uh, to replace me. And I wanted to make sure that one of my favorite titles was in good hands. And, and I haven't thought twice about that decision. What an endorsement, That's KJ. something else. Thank you very much. You know, but... what, you know what else about this, this title, Diesel Power, and then you having worked with Mustang and some of the other books, is that those readers are also snobby in particular and, really, <laughs> and have a lot of attitude, not unlike the diesel market. Tons of attitude. Tons of I know better than you. Right. And so you're probably well equipped to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess coming from Mustang, there was there was some of that. But at the end of the day, all of it is uh, is is the product, you know, the diesel engines, the pickup trucks that we cover and such. But the bigger part of it is lifestyle and the people. So uh, one of the things that I guess in some ways I'm, I'm a people person and I like to focus on or I like to at least be aware of what's going on in, you know, whichever scene I'm working with, be it Mustang or be a truck now, and you know, truck slash diesel, um, what the people are about and what they what they bring to the table outside of the truck product. What's the difference between a, a Mustang fan and a diesel fan? You know, a, you know, a regular gas motor fan and diesel. Like, and is there it? 
And I was going to say, real quick, just so people get the idea, we didn't just pluck KJ from the Mustang world, right? KJ actually owned an old, he owns an OBS Ford Power Stroke, and he has a- We're getting to this. I know he's got a deep backstory, but I'm just curious now, on the surface, is there a difference, or is an enthusiast an enthusiast, or are there, because I feel like there are some, some, some differences between- gas and diesel guys or am i wrong no i don't think you're wrong um um gas guys uh you know everybody's passionate as you know everybody's passionate but i think that diesel guys versus gas guys are more of um, a lineage and a legacy you know uh starting from a dad or a grandfather um who has passed the torch downward to a grandson you know as far as a grandson a son and then a grandson and diesel is is really in in the blood from day one versus um and i don't want to say just a mustang guy but say a gas guy any performance gas enthusiast is someone who let's say goes to a dealership you know buys their high performance car and now they're into performance you know what i mean it's not one of those things i mean don't get me wrong there are people who are who are born with it i'm that person who was born with it you know as soon as i was able to say the word car i've loved cars yeah but disease the, you can't get rid of it's a totally a disease you can't get rid of an expensive disease that you right. can't yeah. get rid well of. and i think that's something all of us have in common right whether it's lightning myself you some of our guests all of our guests really yeah the listeners is the fact that we are all passionate enthusiasts about the automobile, whether it's a car, whether it's a truck. I mean, we talked about how a lot of us truck guys went to the import market with Hondas back, you know, back in the the late '80s, early '90s. Um, but we just love all things mechanical, car, transport, Absolutely. and and a lot of us found ourselves as a specialty in the truck market, or, or that is the one thing that really resonates with us. But we have a passion about all things automotive. But I think that's what we all have in common. Well, it seems to me though, KJ, is that you are open-minded. You know, you, you're cross-platform, and I'm sure that some of the readers of, of the various magazines you've worked uh, are narrow-focused. I only do this kind of engine. I only do forced induction, or I only do normally aspirated, or you know what I mean? Like, what are the differences there for you? Well, I, I, I can claim guilty in some respects because I did Mustang <laughs> for so long. Okay. So um, when I was on Mustang, you know, on the Mustang title, I uh, didn't really... I didn't welcome Chevrolet. Let's just put it that way. You know, I didn't. I didn't welcome any other brands outside of Ford and the Mustang. Did you and have the Calvin and Hobbs pissing on the uh, <laughs> Volkswagen logo on the back of your car? I, I'll I didn't be go honest. that far with it. I did. <laughs> no, you don't. I did. I did. My '94 Ranger Splash Four by Four. I didn't. I didn't go that far with it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, again, I'm I'm like an engine fiend. You know what I mean? So being able to learn and expand myself is something that I'm always welcoming. So when the opportunity to, to get into diesel a little deeper than I had been, and that's, as Sean alluded to, you know, through ownership, yeah, I had a diesel pickup, but it towed my race car. So what surprised you most about moving over into the diesel world, be it about the people or the engines themselves? About the engines, um, I, honestly, I did not know uh, coming in that the type of horsepower and, and I mean I knew diesel to be a torque engine I knew that was the the going thing about diesel but now and I'll have to say now meaning I guess in the last I've been on diesel power for four years but let's just say um, 
10 years, for the last 10 or 11 years, you know, the power side of diesel, the horsepower that's being generated by these engines is phenomenal. And I was in the dark about that. I did not know that, uh, you know, your thousand horsepower um, um, street, streetable um, engine, streetable diesel engine existed. I thought it was one of those deals where you make your 500, but then again, on the other side, you make well over a thousand pounds of torque. But it's uh, certainly a, a, an area now where thousands and thousands of horsepower are being demonstrated. It's incredible. It's incredible. Well, I'm excited that uh, KJ is going to be sitting in with us for the uh, the rest of the evening, but we've got some awesome guests coming up. We've got uh, our good friend Steve Sanders from Cummins, who obviously uh, KJ knows really well. Yes, indeed. And then we also have Dave Ives, who's the diesel technical leader at Ford Trucks over the new three liter uh, diesel in the new F-150. So we'll get to him, but- Hey, Holman, what time is it? Uh, what's new in trucks? Yes, it is. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? <laughs> Why do we get so much pleasure? You guys, you, you're listening. Old. You have no idea that we look at each other and we wait for that last beat. It's like it's like an EDM song with a oh, big totally. draw. It's like, <laughs> I, I hope, I mean... What's I, wrong with us? I don't know, but I, I honestly, <laughs> honestly hope deep down inside that there are people driving to work right now that yeah. are doing the exact same thing. Cause <laughs> <laughs> That's us I mean, loving it right oh there. My God. All right, so what's awesome. new with trucks? So uh, I don't know if you uh, saw the deal. Uh, it was on uh, on both fourwheeler.com and truckchain.com that uh, Von Gittin Jr. was uh, drifting his Ford Raptor. I did see that. Yeah, around Nuremberg Ring in uh, yeah. Germany. Yeah, so what happened? We, they, they were going to go drift his, his regular drift his car, His race right? car, yeah. A and then it was raining, so it wasn't safe. Right. And they just got out a uh, an F one fifty, right? Yeah, Raptor. Raptor. Yeah. Right. And then he was drifting around all the corners and made some made a little movie uh, magic with it. it. Looks, I mean, it's a cool video, but I think it kind of feels to me like they salvaged an otherwise, you know, uh, yeah. dreary day when they were getting footage. It was good, and it was interesting to see. KJ, KJ what did you what you think of it? Well, I'm not really a drifter, to tell you the truth. So I thought it was, you know. Okay, a couple of minutes and then call it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fun to watch for a few. It was fun to see the uh, rear axle drop off into the leaves and, you know, roost a bunch of leaves. Although, I do have one question. And listen, we're all in media. We know how this stuff comes together. Yeah. I like the very beginning. He's like, hey, so uh, I was supposed to race my uh, Mustang around the track, but it's raining. So, voila, here's a Raptor I'm going to drive. And you're kind of like. Just happens to be there. Yeah, in Germany. like <laughs> It would just happen to be left-hand drive. Right, right yeah. It just happened to be a U.S. spec Raptor sitting on, you know, Nuremberg Ring racetrack and, and all that stuff. So uh, still a cool video to watch. I think it's there's some there's definitely some eye candy in there, but, you know, I don't know if it's groundbreaking or anything. just entertaining. It was entertaining. But I feel like, okay, so you're over there with the camera crew. They they, yeah. they went over there with, like, there's probably five or six people. Yeah, you know, totally. with, with crews and sound and a boom mic and the whole thing. And, and, and so they shoot this and... They just go, uh, we don't need a story. Let's just show the footage. You've got a whole group of people there. You could have fabricated some interesting story behind yeah, it. Yeah, it was kind of short, it right? Like, well, it was short, and it was just, it was like all kind of B-roll footage. Yeah. I don't know. So it left this reviewer a little cold. That kind of stuff is like an internet breaker, too, so. Yeah, you just, you never know what you're going to get, right? I mean, I, I feel like they probably could have used some higher quality cameras and GoPros and some cool, if if you're not going to be using the, the drift car around the track, Throw those GoPros in some you know odd angles, looking at the rear tire, so you can roost up. Cl- I mean, it's just I mean, there's some cool stuff, but I, or I think hide, go go rent a costume and have Bigfoot coming out of something. the trees. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't know, just something, something, yeah. right? And yeah. I don't know that 
lately the drift videos that have been coming out is just footage. Yeah. So there was the one at Pikes Peak. I think it was uh, Ken Block. Yeah, right? Ken Spons- Block in the in, by Toy yeah, or something, right? In the and, unicorn. Um, right, right. The unicorn. The unicorn. The unicorn. Yeah. And I think that, and I went to the Peterson Automotive Museum and, and watched it. I was mm-hmm. there with a whole, you know, like three hundred people yeah. seeing the premiere of this thing. And I'm waiting for the story. And right. I think there's going to be some. It was gratuitous, awesome shots, but nothing to tie it all together in a way that there was a good storytelling. I think right? maybe the producers thought, the, the Hoonigan guys thought, yeah. we're going to make this for the purist. I'm going to yeah. show all hundred and whatever, yeah, yeah. Corner, how many yeah. corners there are right. at Pikes Peak. Cinematically, yeah. it was great, but I just wanted some. Fell a little flat, yeah. Fell a little flat, yeah. yeah. Did you see that one, KJ? I didn't see that one, but again, I'm just thinking a couple of turns, and it's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, I want to see big horsepower and a straight line. That's you, right? And a lot of smoke. Well, Dude, what's amazing is, yeah. I mean, when you see a ten thousand pound truck do the quarter mile in like nine eight well, at one hundred and twenty nine miles an hour, that and you can feel. Every cylinder, the vibration through, you know, like every power pulse as it goes by. Impressed. That, yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole different level that's of awesome. Amazing. KJ, tell me about the uh, the truck with the highest horsepower and torque that you've raced in, or just at least sat in, experienced personally. I haven't, honestly, I haven't sat in anything of that magnitude. Okay, see you later. Thanks for coming, KJ. (laughs) (laughs) And I certainly haven't raced. uh, I would like to race one, but I haven't. You know, as far as my racing and drag race, it's always been cars. But but, all the the events that you've gone to, all of the, you know, the uh, uh, diesel power challenge and things like that, you haven't got one of these drivers like, oh, I'm a big fan of your work. I read everything no. you do. Sit in the passenger seat. No, no really? No. I don't, I don't I know. I think that, that goes across the board. I mean, I don't know I don't know if there are many um, enthusiasts or racers in any discipline that will just say, here, go get in my, get at in le- my car. Well, in the passenger yeah. seat at least, right? Here's my wife and, you know, here's the keys of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they would sooner give you that stuff <laughs> than the keys of their car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, so the other thing that happened this week, and uh, KJ was there, was Ford finally uh, did the the short lead for the F-150 with the new 3-liter yes. V6 uh, turbo diesel. And uh, KJ was there on the drive. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's a pretty cool truck uh, from a drivetrain perspective. Be- bottom line is a 2018 F-150. Um, we're pretty familiar with that truck uh, from uh, from an exterior interior aesthetic standpoint, but the drivetrain is now uh, 200, I believe it's 220 horsepower or 225? Two, 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 250, 440? 250, 440, you're right. 250, 450, 450, 450 uh, 3 liter V6 turbo diesel. And, and uh, uh, 10 speed automatic as well, Correct, right? a 10 speed yep. automatic, and I guess for me, um, it was a somewhat of a limited drive because the weather got kind of bad. Oh, the weather did get bad out there. In yeah, Denver. I saw your pictures and stuff. It was snowing and raining. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So I didn't get um, what I would call a full experience, and I'd like to try to get that vehicle here in California and drive it a little bit more. But uh, one of the things that was um, really cool, I towed with it in the snow, and it uh, does very, very well. As far as the tow vehicle, you know, the half ton. Towing in the snow, by the way. Well, it wasn't, you know, plowing through snow. It was, it was a flurry that made the ground wet more so gotcha. than, a, than a sticking uh, snow. But it towed very well. I had 5,600 pounds on it. It was a horse trailer with the mats and about 5,600. But the terrain, the, the road that we went over, um, some rolling hills, uh, a couple of grades, et cetera. And it did very, very well. Uh, for that body truck, I was very, very impressed that way. One of the things uh, Sean mentioned, the 10-speed transmission, I think this is just native to that unit. Um, 
it moves around quite a bit. It moves around quite a bit to keep everything, I guess, in, in layman's terms, sweet spotted as far as you know the, the turbo the turbocharger. What, what do you mean it moves around? What, what do you mean? It shifts quite a bit, and and I guess. Um, to someone who's not into things like like we are, it's not noticeable. It's not yeah. something that it's a it's a deal breaker or anything like that. Not at all. But when you're a car guy or you're a truck guy and you're driving and you happen to hear things and yeah. look at things, you're like, well, why is it downshifting? How, how was the uh, how was the power band on it? Was it what, red line? Was everything like, seemed to be down low? Okay. I mean, every, everything was right really, where you wanted. Exactly, yeah. everything was down low where you would want it. So okay. I, that was impressive. That's what I liked. We have a uh, we have the Raptor with the ten speed in it, and uh, you know it's it's funny because back you know it used to be four speed, right? That was the standard. And then somebody came out with a six speed. You're going, oh my god, the six speed. Oh, and then somebody came out, you know, eight speed. Oh, eight speed. They'll never find it now. It's ten speed. But I got to tell you, I was really impressed with that that trans in the Raptor, and the shift logic is really good on it. I'm, I almost never catch it in the wrong gear, so I'm really interested to get behind the wheel of the F-150 with the diesel and kind of see what that experience is like. Is there a point at which there will be too many gears? Because at some point, I think you're just going to start hunting for gears, right? It's never going to— I mean, we thought that at four, and we have ten, mm-hmm. and they seem to be—I mean— that's part of the efficiency play that there is now. Exactly. I think that the 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 bigger the transmission, if you will, or the more speeds there are, is to try to keep things efficient by way of fuel economy. That's one of the bigger. This is a guess, but that's what I think uh, is the reason why these manufacturers are putting the multiple speed transmissions in there, or the ten speed transmissions, to keep things in a in a good fuel window for EPA. Yeah, you definitely want to be in the power band for efficiency. Uh, obviously, CVTs aren't coming to trucks; they're not they're not robust enough. So, multi speed transmission. What I found interesting about the F one fifty is uh, same size as the uh, Eco Diesel mm-hmm. in the Ram three liter V six. Uh, Ram has eight speed and the Ford has 10. So that'll be interesting. And then we find out in about another, I want to say it's about another three or four weeks, the GM three liter straight six diesel uh, and then it's it's drivetrain. So a lot of half ton news in the diesel yeah. market. I mean, it's huge. It's an exciting time. Um, you know, you figure that we've waited, uh, the market has waited a long time for a half ton diesel power truck. So uh, it's it, that time is, is coming and the big three are bringing it. So for us, especially a diesel power and, and also a truck trend in the in market side of things, uh, the, I'm anticipating and looking forward to a lot of testing, a lot of evaluating. And, and um, I brought this up to one of the people uh, at Ford during during the drive. Um, shootout opportunities, bottom line, just shoot yeah. shoot all three out. And uh, I was the person I spoke with said we're game. I don't know what <laughs> it might have. He, <laughs> yeah. he might not have been authorized to say that. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. the person I spoke with said that that they're game, and I think that we can get the other three to play. I, I would hope that we can get well. The three when that play. happens, and we get all the trucks together, we will definitely cover it for the truck show podcast because i think it'll be pretty cool to have absolutely. all three half tons oh, yeah. in the same place absolutely. absolutely but i i i know in the beginning of the show we talked about how we had it stacked right so we have kj and uh we have steve sanderson cummins coming on a little bit why don't we give dave ives a call he is the uh no i don't think so uh <laughs> I mean, yes of course <laughs> yeah, yeah so diesel technical leader uh of ford for the the three liter powertrain i'd like to hear from the horse's mouth let's hear what uh, what ford has to say so dialing and smiling Hello. Mr. Dave Ives, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. Hey, how are you? We're good. We're good. We're hoping it's not too uh, too late for you. We want to talk uh, some diesel uh, diesel truck stuff tonight. Okay. This is uh, Dave Ives, diesel technical leader for Ford Motor Company. And uh, Dave, you are one of the responsible parties for the all-new 3-liter V6 in the F-150? Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a, a full team of us. I'm, I'm one of the team members. So uh, we were just talking here. We've got KJ Jones from Diesel Power Magazine in studio with us. Hey, Dave. Hi. And uh, we were just talking about how the half-ton market is absolutely about to explode. Obviously, uh, EcoDiesel's been out for a little while. Chevy announced on the 2019 Silverado. They have their inline six uh, three-liter. And now you guys have your uh, three-liter V6 Power Stroke. And so we just wanted to talk about uh, Ford and, and your commitment to diesel technology, especially uh, in the new F-150. That sounds good. It's, uh, we're, we're excited about it, that's for sure. What, what led up to this point? Like, how did you, how many decisions had to have been made to get here? Uh, there was quite a few. I mean, we really, uh, we really spent a lot of time uh, setting, us, setting things up for the, uh, what the F-150 customer needs. So that involved decisions on what the architecture is going to be in the first place, uh, what, we can do that's, uh, what we can do that's affordable. And uh, and then you start getting into the uh, you know the next level of decisions. What's the cylinder block going to look like? What are we going to do for a fuel system? How we want to protect the customer with the fuel system and uh, for the fuels that are out on the market, like B20. Uh, what are we going to do for uh, the lubrication system? Uh, and then since it's a diesel, uh, cooling is always important. So we had a lot of cooling decisions to make along the way, uh, right on down through the subsystems for. Uh, you know, piston and rod, uh, bearings, crankshaft, uh, you name it. Uh, so there's quite a cascade of decisions that drill right down to the component level. So okay. we're very familiar with the F-150. Uh, the truck got redesigned in 2015, uh, and it was mm-hmm. updated again uh, last year. What does the diesel powertrain bring to the F-150 platform that gas didn't? What are some of the features and benefits? And, and what's the buyer really getting when they choose the diesel option? Well, diesel's really, uh, it's really set up for the customer that wants to, uh, that wants to tow uh, part of the time. Uh, it gives you an advantage that, uh, that in, in terms of fuel consumption and launch and gradeability, uh, that's uh, it, quite the advantage over a, a, a typical gasoline powertrain. And, uh, in, 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 and you see that with our Super Duty. Our Super Duty is... Uh, uh, leading the industry, and uh, 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 it's what people draw to when they want to tow uh, most of the time. And uh, we see that this F-150 uh, really fits the niche for uh, a customer that wants to tow occasionally and uh, have the best attributes for that operating pattern. Was it a public outcry for this, or was it internal inside the company? Oh, I'd say it's a little of both. Okay. Uh, there's definitely a public outcry. Uh uh, I mean, you guys, you guys are in the in the in the business. I'm sure you see it even more than we do. But uh, there's there's definitely a demand for it, and uh, all all of us are trying to meet that demand right now. Yeah, with the uh, with the half tons definitely growing in capability. You know, a half ton used to be a a 7,500, 8,000 pound towing. Now we're seeing 12, mm-hmm. we're seeing 13,000 pounds, and the right. gas customers wanting to tow really at nine tenths, ten tenths. So is the diesel really meant for that customer that wants to push the limits of the half ton and needs that extra thermal uh, management, f- fuel efficiency, torque capability? Uh, because the platform can definitely handle it, but the the powertrain seems like the diesel's a better choice for those guys at nine tenths, ten tenths. Yeah, I, I'd say that uh, you know all the all the, uh, uh, the 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 top end powertrains that we have the the two seven, the three five, uh, five liter. They're all very capable, uh, and, and the diesel are all very capable. 
It's just the balance of attributes you get. They, they can all tow, uh, I think it's within a thousand pounds or so of each other of, of what they can tow. But the, uh, the, 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 the performance feel that you get with a diesel is different. And, and uh, you know, I'm a diesel advocate, so I'll, I'll probably say it's better. But, uh, <laughs> all right. But then uh, uh, then the uh, the big thing is the fuel economy that you get uh, with uh, with the diesel option while towing is uh, is a big uh is a big why buy for the customer that's going to tow occasionally. What's the difference in uh, in price for the average person? Do we know that? Uh, yet? Yeah, for the average person, you're, 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 uh, it's roughly going to be about four thousand dollars above the base two seven uh, EcoBoost, and I think it's about uh, uh, it works out to about twenty four hundred dollars above the uh, three five EcoBoost. That's manageable. I mean, there are people that are dedicated to diesel that you know they won't bat an eye at that difference they're not going to bat yeah an eye. I, I think i think they'll uh, i think they'll be able to put a, a business case together for it pretty easily if they're uh, if they're a uh, moderate to frequent toller right. not only that but i think diesel enthusiasts tend to keep their trucks a lot longer and so the just the you know the uh, the feeling behind diesel is that I'm going to keep my truck 150 or 200 thousand miles, and so they're going right. to by far offset the additional cost in in the truck if they're those the guy that's going to keep the truck 10 it's years. Going to be around for a while. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk about the uh, the heavy duty diesel trucks, so you have the six seven Power Stroke or whether it's a L five P Duramax or a six seven Cummins. You know, usually the manufacturers talk about testing to a certain durability rating, whether it's a 200,000-mile durability test or 250,000-mile durability test. I'm curious, on the light side of this with the 3-liter, did you guys target any mileage for durability? And maybe share with us a little bit behind the scenes of some of the testing that went in to prove that this is the right powertrain for the F-150 customer. Yeah, we our design life in F-150 is, lines up squarely with the gasoline uh with the gasoline products. It's a 10 year, 150,000 mile uh, design life. And uh, whereas in Super Duty, uh, Super Duty land, it's more like uh, 10 years, 250,000 miles. So there is there is a bit of a difference there. Uh, the Super Duty customer expects more. Uh, we expect the Super Duty customer to tow more frequently and tow uh, heavier loads. So there is that, uh, there is that uh, finer distinction. And quite frankly, on the other. You're paying more for the Super Duty because you're getting a heavier yes. duty truck anyway. Yeah, right. but th- this, yeah, that was. But the F-150 is not entry level. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is not. We shouldn't position it that way. Is it being like? No, oh, no, if, absolutely not. No, it's it's it's, it's definitely not entry. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not entry level. A, right. a very not. very capable truck. Obviously, the best selling yep. truck in America for almost forty years now. Um, Ford is very proud of the truck. But I think in just the context of helping the listener understand how the F-150 diesel fits in versus the Super Duty diesel. If you're a maybe a an 8 tenths half-ton tower and a 5 tenths Super Duty tower, can you save the money on not needing the heavy duty, the extra weight, all that of a Super Duty, and really put yourself in an F-150 well, and I mean, have the right truck me, for you? Give me a practical example, though. Like what kind yeah. of a boat versus okay. trailer versus... No, no, no. Give me a practical yeah. example of... Make this buying decision. No, right. Home, so, but I'm asking you, like, I'm yeah. walking into a, a dealership and I'm going, I, I, how do I it, know? To me, it's easy, right? So one one is going to be maintenance, right? Because it's going to be lower cost of maintenance on the light duty truck. That's number one. Number two is going to be fuel economy because you're going to Is that get, always true, though? Is that always true? Typically. Gonna be, yeah, typically. the, 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 uh, the F-150 in, in most operating environments, the F-150 diesel is going to get better fuel economy than the uh, Super Duty. But it really depends on the, the job you have to do. You know, if you're towing 20,000 pounds and you're towing it frequently, 
you need a super duty yeah absolutely if you've got a if you've got a ten thousand pound boat uh that you want to move around or something less than that then uh, and you don't want to move it all the time you're taking it into the water in the spring and getting back out in the fall uh, the F-150 diesel might be the right product for you. And it might be the right so, product for commuting, too. You know, if, exactly. if it's somebody who yeah. You know, wants, yeah, wants a pickup truck but needs the additional range, or even just for the guy um, who might, maybe he's a salesperson and he needs a truck for his sales samples, but he's driving 1,000 miles a month. Those guys that's exist. Where, that's where this thing shines, because uh, you probably saw the 30-mile-per-gallon uh, highway. Yep, uh, and that was going to be our next label. Yeah. 30 miles a gallon. I was and, in the, uh, uh, the fuel someone doing highway, Someone doing highway cruise uh this f-150 diesel is uh is well suited to that uh to that assignment and then to boot you know when the guy gets home on the weekends he can get his boat in the water or tow the jet skis to the water or uh the mountain bikes or uh you know a light camper that's a heavy mountain bike for that so you have (laughs) dual you have dual use for uh uh, for this F-150 diesel that I think a lot of our customers are enjoy will enjoy, and, and that's that's really where we've targeted. What's the what's the V angle? Uh, is this a single or, or a twin turbo? Is it a compound turbo arrangement? What are some of the changes that are, were done to, to beef the engine up or make it appropriate for the F-150 environment? Yeah, so it's a it's a 60 degree V, uh, just like our gas engines, uh, which is. You know, there's there's some 90 degree V still out there, uh, but uh, this one's a 60, which uh, is more favorable from an engine balance standpoint. Uh, and then some of the things we did to make this, uh, in, in terms of design specific for the F-150 application, is we upgraded the fuel system to a 2,000 bar uh, capable uh, system. Uh, we went to an advanced uh, injector tip. That is that has, a, uh, a PZO or is that a, uh, yeah, a solenoid? Yeah, it's, okay. it's a PHO. It's a PHO injector, yeah. Uh, uh, very similar to what the Super Duty has. And uh, the whole sizes are modified, uh, a little bit smaller for the smaller engine. Uh, we also, uh, the uh, previous application, you know, the Jaguar had a an internal transfer pump. We uh, we eliminated that for uh, robustness. We only have one transfer pump mounted under the chassis that pushes fuel up to the high pressure pump. Uh, we also added a secondary filter for robustness to catch uh, any debris that comes out of the uh, out of the system while new. Won't get recirculated back into the fuel system. We'll catch that with the secondary filter. So that's a measure of uh, heavy duty toughness that we put on the product. Uh, we've we've gone to a single uh, variable geometry turbo for this application mounted over on the right hand side of the vehicle on the passenger side. Uh, Is it capable also, of uh, of exhaust brake functionality? Uh, we don't have an engine braking button, but the, okay. the truck is calibrated. The truck is calibrated with the the, the hardware that uh, we we have included to provide uh, an experience when you're shifting to tow haul mode. Okay. Uh, you'll see you'll require minimum braking events to maintain speed down to six percent so grade it's not going to uh, run on you like some of the it's uh, not going to run off yeah. on you yeah I, i've yeah. been in so many diesel not a trucks button. yeah it's I, I, not I, the button but we we've, we've tuned this uh, much like we our 2011 through uh, 14 super duties also didn't have a button but uh, most of our customers were quite satisfied with hill descent at uh, max gross combined even with that package yeah very familiar with those trucks and they those were a huge improvement over the earlier ones which you'd Mm -hmm. really have to be on the trans and the brake and you didn't want to force Mm -hmm. an upshift uh, once you included that uh, grade logic into uh, the Super Duties, it, it made a big difference in, in, yeah. in 
uh, safety and and confidence going downhills with a big load. Yeah, and I, I want to put a plug in for our new uh, transmission, this 10-speed transmission with uh, the tow haul mode and the progressive range select option on the transmission where you can limit limit the max uh, gear to, you know, the 9, 8, 7, 6, whatever you choose, uh, really makes it comfortable uh, when you're towing up and down grades. Is- and uh, I think our customers will enjoy it even without the braking button. Dave, uh I was just out there in um, Bloomfield, Colorado, uh, for the drive, and I was part of the uh, the fuel economy challenge that you had for media, and that mm-hmm. was where um, I took two loops in the truck, and very very impressive. Um, got down, I think it was thirty two point five mile a gallon uh, in my loop, and uh, there was another another. Uh, gentleman out there who actually pulled down 34 during our wave so you know i saw somebody pull a 40 i, I couldn't wow. believe it myself <laughs> wow somebody pulled 40 on that loop uh, wow. i wasn't there but uh anita and ken came back with a sent me a text that somebody had pulled uh i think it was 40 mile per gallon on that's that loop. amazing so he's, yeah, he's, he's probably driving <laughs> like more than a, more of a jerk than i was yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we're definitely uh, excited to uh, to find out more. I know KJ's been on the drive. Uh, I haven't personally had a chance to get into it, but I'm sure I will soon. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, taking all the new half tons and putting them through their paces because to be a truck guy right now, really exciting, especially if you're a fan of diesel. And Dave, thank you so much for your time to kind of talk to us about the, uh, the new F-150 three-liter diesel. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you. Thank okay. You. Thanks, Dave. How's that? Dave Ives, diesel technical leader from Ford Motor Company, one of the guys on the three-liter Power Stroke team. Pretty cool to get a little insight on- You know uh, what? Like, he is, if I was scared to ask him a technical question, you kind of went down, like, but you can get in the <laughs> go down the rabbit hole real fast with him. You oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he knows- everything about that he would answer so it's sort of like if you go That's to a mexican restaurant job. right and the the server comes up to you and, and takes your order and you say gracias and they think you can speak spanish so they start <laughs> they start asking you and you I feel like a total oh, dumbass no, i was yeah I did. because here's the thing I, I had i had a few questions i wanted to ask him but i knew that i wouldn't know how to back them up for you ford fans out there we didn't want to leave you uh, leave you in the dark because uh We've had a ton of people sending us Ford emails saying, "Hey, more Ford stuff." So there you go. The, no, no, we, listen, we got a lot right more. We got a lot more Blue Oval coming. Yeah, yeah, well, no question about that. Yeah, and and I know, I know the Cummins guys are getting. You just, they're just chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> but the reality is, uh, we are taking care of you two tonight because uh, we've got uh, we've got Steve Sanders from Cummins coming on. Yeah, heavy duty, my friend. Mm. Hey, uh, Holman, look at your watch. What time is it? It's inbox time. All right. You email, yeah. I email, we email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody emails. Oh, I feel so bad for KJ <laughs> yeah. Jones sitting in here watching wow. this. <laughs> Did you see that grimace on his face? He put his head back all the way. It's like, oh my lord. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Holman, we have some uh, email, correct? Yeah, so uh, you know we appreciate every email that you guys send. Uh, don't forget truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. What is it again? Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. KJ, what is it? Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's hey, right. KJ's still awake. We got this uh, email from Tristan, and he says, Hey, guys, I've loved every episode of the podcast so far. I'm super excited to hear more about diesel trucks. Hey, 
That's pretty uh, <laughs> apropos <laughs> for the show, yes, right? It is. Uh, it's our diesel episode. He says, I'm a huge Ram fan, and the only thing keeping me from owning a Ram 2500 with a Cummins is the money factor. Well, that's kind of a big factor. One question I have is when Ram might be coming out with a fifth-gen heavy-duty truck. I realize you probably don't know for sure, but what are your thoughts? I would like to hear what you think. Thanks, Tristan. So, hey, Tristan, uh, we do know, and it's next year. And uh, basically, the Ram, the 2019 Ram 1500 just came out. Usually, the heavy dues are a year behind. Um, so, you should start hearing news probably late summer, early fall. See some spy photos. Not September, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You've heard KJ, and, and maybe our next guest can uh, can help us out with it. Uh, I'm sure he won't because it's future product <laughs> stuff, but we can try. We're um, try pride out of him. I've heard some amazing things about the 6.7 Cummins that's going to be in the new um, 2500, 3500 Ram HDs. Forgive me for the stupid question, but why do the HDs always come after the gas engines? Is it just because the gas engines are ultimately they sell? Well, it's not even the gas. It's just it's just the light duty. Yeah, light duty. because they sell more. And uh, and for the longest time, uh, you know, you go back to Super Ford was kind of the first to to separate their heavy duty lineup from their light duty lineup when they came out with Super Duty in '99. And GM sort of gotten this weird thing where their frame stayed the same, and then they'd have the new light-duty uh, body, what they call the top hat, on the old frame, and then they would update all the internals in, in the frame but keep the old body on it. I think we're getting back organized where Ram HD is a year behind light-duty, and it looks just like the light-duty. The Super Duty shares a lot more of the F-150 because the old Super Duty, the body in white, was so old on it. It was a 99 truck, even all the way up to you know 2015, 2016. And so the GM, the Ram, the Ford, they'll all be light duties first, followed by heavy duty. I think there was a big disruption when the, the market crashed where some resources were pulled and some timing got messed up. And I think we're just getting uh, back to where everybody's sort of, back together. Yeah. yeah, sort of on the same schedule. Gotcha. So the, you know, to answer Tristan's question, the 2020 Ram heavy duty will be the new body style. Oh, and interesting. So we have, uh, we'll have some more info. But like I said, uh, KJ, I heard that it might even be a CGI block. CGI, hmm. which yeah, I mean, people don't realize a six seven now is a is a gray iron block. Correct. What are you saying to me? CGI block, uh, compact, compact graphite iron. Yep. Oh, the oh, okay, gotcha. So way stronger, and so most modern diesels these days have a CGI block. I mean, we just talked to Dave Ives from Ford, and he was saying it was a CGI block on the uh, on the three liter Power Stroke. Well, the six seven Cummins, which is you know uh, pretty much undisputedly the sort of the Chevy three fifty small block of the diesel world, it's what everybody races with essentially. Um, the majority of people anyway, it, they've been doing it with a with a gray iron block, and so CGI is so much stronger. I'm hearing Ram might be the first to get that close to that thousand out of the out of the gate uh, from the factory. I mean, we'll see if Steve supports that. I don't <laughs> think he will, but um, that's probably what the forecast is for that power plant is that, you know, now uh, the engine will bonafide over a thousand pound feet of torque off the jump. Wow. So Tristan, stand by. Hopefully you've been saving <laughs> your uh, your money because uh, I, I'm guessing it's not going to be cheap, but no, I think it'll be worth it's it. It's going to be a little spendy. Yeah. Uh, I just want to thank everybody also for all your reviews. Uh, we're you know we're trying to get on the new and noteworthy list on on iTunes. So all of uh, you who've given us five star reviews, we now have uh, 64 five star reviews. Awesome. Please don't forget to hit subscribe so that the podcast automatically gets downloaded to your phone. Remember. We are on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google, and I believe we're going to be on Stitcher. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we just put in the paperwork to be on Stitcher. So you should be able to find us anywhere, Lipson, Podbean, Podcast. We're all over the place. Got a couple uh, couple new uh, reviews here. Um, RJMC Weenie Jr. I don't know. We should... <laughs> 
I'm sorry. RJMC Weenie Jr. Is that his name? <laughs> that's his name. That's his name. He's like, all right, keep going. Uh, yeah, I, I got to hear this. What's from RJMC Weenie Jr.? A five-star review? Yeah. Fire. <laughs> that's what oh, really? he says. He's yeah. got a fire emoji? And then we have a, a best girl, awesome podcast, been listening to every episode since the launch. They keep getting better and better. I don't know if they have. What do you think? I think the guests have gotten um, better, bigger stature. Yeah. I think we're talking to VPs and yeah, executives yeah. at companies that I don't think- well, we haven't gotten better, to, have we? No, we have gone downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So There's no question about that. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, she says, I really uh, dig the in-depth interviews with people from all over the truck industry. The guys keep it fun and engaging. Keep up the great work. So, uh, best girl, thank you so much. Uh, we also have- By the way, hey, stop, stop, stop. I wonder how many women we have listening. I don't know. I'd love to see some uh, emails from the ladies out there. Please do. Truckshowpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. We've Truck had a Show few. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or, or hit us on Facebook, Truckshowpodcast. Yeah. Would, would, I, I know that there are women out there that, that are into trucks. Well, I know that there's some that are listening. I've actually had a, uh, I've seen a couple emails come through and actually had a few from our office come by. One of our friends, Michelle, she came by and she says, hey, I've been listening to the podcast. I'm not really a huge truck fan, but it's awesome. It keeps me entertained. I've learned a lot. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> right on. So we've got uh, Obco808. Very entertaining. Five wait, stars. Wait, did, wait, wait. Did she come in and say like, but you're really ugly in person. Did she say anything? No, she's like, known me long enough to know I'm ugly. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah she's, we've known each other for 15 years. She, she's, she knows I didn't just get ugly when I started the podcast. I've been ugly a long time. And then the last one, awesome new show by Quinn Bauer. Uh, these two are a great pair on the air. I really enjoy the witty nature of the show and also the strong verified content. So, I mean, we really appreciate everybody's support. What's um, verified about this show? I don't know. I think the fact that we have VPs, executives, interesting truck people, all that good stuff. I say, <laughs> no verification. Going no, on you here. cannot buzz the person who gave us five stars. No, us. We're not. Oh, verified. you're buzzing us. Uh, yeah, no, we I'm buzzing suck. us. I'm not buzzing. Okay. Yeah, no, right. I love that. I love the emailer. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, that's it for uh, for inbox this time around. Thank you, everybody, and uh, keep those uh, emails and reviews coming. We really appreciate all of it. All right, Steve Sanders. Did we get his title, Steve Sanders? Program leader for Cummins Repower. Okay. Hello? Steve Sanders from Cummins. Hold on. We got an intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't talk yet. Don't talk. Here we go. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend and then you'll want to come back. So how's that, Steve? <laughs> I love it. I was just playing that song on the piano, but my version has crate engines in there. And <laughs> you are the program leader for Cummins Repower. That is correct. What is that? What we does that don't mean? even know what that means. I, I've known you long enough where you've had many titles. Steve, that is a made up, <laughs> totally bogus title. You know, when you come from a marketing background, you can kind of do these things. But, you know, I, I do lead the program for Cummins Repower. Um, so all the different functions and all the unfun stuff uh, that goes into bringing something is... Seemingly easy as a crate engine to market. There's a lot that actually goes into that, especially when you're a big company. So I have the luxury of trying to round up all the talent and the people that actually know how to do stuff and get them to do stuff <laughs> for our program. Uh, I love you. You're already way too way, way more honest than, uh, than half our guests. Yeah. So uh, so Steve and I have been friends for uh, for quite a while, and we've had the chance to work on a ton of stuff right now. 
He oversees the crate engine program, so the R2.8. You guys may remember when Fred Williams from Dirt Every Day was on. He was talking about the tube sock Jeep, which uh, they put the little Cummins 2.8 four-cylinder. And uh, I know that's a, been a big part of what you've been working on lately, and one of the cool things about it is that thing runs out of the box. You have an ECU and a pedal and all the things you need. It's a pretty pretty killer little package. Yeah, one of the things we really wanted to do with it was – um, you know, number one, we're, we're going against a very established gasoline market. Um, and gas will always be the dominant player in the crate engine world. But people thinking about going to diesel, there's always this taboo because a lot of people who are interested in it may have never owned a diesel in their life. Uh, and they kind of scare themselves out of it. And they start to read, you know, forums about 4BT swaps and things like that. And, and you know, everyone has their own approach to it. What we wanted to do with this is, as a bunch of enthusiasts ourselves, figure out well what would be just nice to have in the box so that you don't have to go um, do any engineering work on your own and go through junkyards and try to find old parts off of older engines. And um, it does literally run on the crate if you add battery and a little diesel fuel. Um, our, our friends prepping for Ultimate Adventure 2018 did a Facebook Live a week or so ago to, to prove that point. Is we that don't Vern and Christian? Does it. So oh, wait, yeah. they actually had it running in the, in, in the crate? Yeah, so they knock the sides off of it. Uh, we have these <laughs> handy, like, quick-release tabs because as enthusiasts, we wanted a crate that didn't have a bunch of nails in it that you could, <laughs> you know, pop off and nail to the wall in your basement bar or garage or whatever it might be. And so they they knocked the sides off, stuck a fuel line in a cherry can, primed it, and... <laughs> Sounds like our boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's Christian Hazel and Vern Simons over at Peterson Foral and Off-Road, which is, uh, which is one of our, our uh, magazines and... and Check them out at the uh, Peterson's Four Wheel Off Road Facebook page, and you can see uh, see the R two point eight running. And and you know, Steve, I had the pleasure of coming out. Uh, I don't know a year and a half ago or something like that. And you had assembled a group of about six Jeeps, um, a couple with four BTS, which is a very popular swap. You can usually find them in a bread van. Uh, the three point three, which is sort of an industrial generator engine that people have adapted to the Jeeps, and then the uh, two point eight. Just to show in a in a TJ Jeep how drivable the 2.8 is, and from an NVH standpoint, from a power band standpoint, the fact that you can ring it out to I believe it's around 4,000 RPMs, it, it's a really sweet package. It, what is it? 160 horsepower and 225 torque, something like that. Yeah, right now the current out of the box Cal is 161 horse at 3,600 RPM, and then 267 foot pound uh, flat from 1,500 to 3,000. And, you know, the the thing we want to try to convey as a crate engine program is just because that's what it came with doesn't mean that that's the only thing we're going to offer. Right. You um, just said out-of-the-box cow, so that made me think immediately, yeah. like, okay, that can be turned up. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are already uh, companies out there doing it. There's already EFI Live for this engine. Um, but, you know, one thing we're trying to do that others don't have to is satisfy, uh, you know, a nice balance of, you know, we're a, a clean diesel company, so... We could obviously turn up the fuel on this thing, but we're trying to um, still show that we're meeting a certain vintage of emissions and that we care about that. Um, And Cummins is known for longevity and and not everyone wants an engine that is just working, you know, working itself apart. They want longevity. Um, Not everyone's a, a diesel puller on the weekend who plans to rebuild an engine, you know, once a month. So. Uh, we like to try to find that that sweet spot so people get what they expect out of our brand when they buy a Cummins. And, you know, Sean, that point about the uh, the drive, we didn't have any gas-powered uh, vehicles on that drive. And one of the things you pointed out was, 
our biggest competition for those thinking about doing a diesel swap is our own older stuff. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Uh, really showing you guys the difference between a 3.3 and a 3.9 versus a 2.8. That was the point. And it, it was awesome because I don't think I would have um, – I don't think I would have had the perspective I did had I not driven all those vehicles back to back. We were on the Cummins test track out in uh, Indiana. We were driving in the back roads. We we were on the highway, uh, and we got to you know swap in and out. And in, in you know a four BT swap is like a you know it's like a freight train. It's as loud yeah, it's and fun. rumbly. Yeah, it's no, it's fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, but but you know I, I can't imagine that uh, you know anything is attached to your Jeep very long with one of those in there. And uh, the the 2.8 to me was the most fun to drive. I think you had it in a TJ that had a uh, a six speed, and it felt perfect. And you've got the little green one yourself. The last time I saw you, we got to drive around in. And I've always been impressed. And then obviously seeing tube socks, seeing the UA builds, uh, Ultimate Adventure for the from the Peterson Four Wheel Off Road guys. It's just, it's a great package, and um, I'm kind of curious. I know we've talked about it, and I know you've had some surveys on it. What's coming next for the uh, for the Cummins crate guy? Well, I, I can't just come out and <laughs> give you our product planning <laughs> strategies. Oh. You know? <laughs> That's why I showed up now, tonight. Yeah. I mean, if, if you were, were going to guess, and I know what KJ wants. <laughs> <laughs> he, tells me, he tells me that all the time. Um, you know, you look at our light duty portfolio and that's where we're playing. So, you know, we have six sevens. We still build five nines. We build, you know, we've had a lot of people asking about our three eights and three nines or four fives. Um, so we're kind of all over the map. And one interesting thing when someone says, you know, I want the V8 or I want a three eight, you know, I kind of come back at them and I'm like, well, you haven't driven the two eight um, yet to know that it's not enough for what you want. But what have I told you it had 350 foot pounds of torque? And when I say that, they're like, yeah, then that's probably fine. So <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting to see what, what people think. And, um, you know, I lived with, I daily drove uh, 4B swap for, I don't know, three years until it was time to get married. And Is that I why you don't have it. any teeth or hearing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that thing dialed in. I kept it pretty stock, but it was still loud as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was. You drive through in it. And, you know, when you're driving on 37-inch tires in a Jeep, once you get above 30, everything's loud. It doesn't matter what's in the hood. Putting that thing in, it was 830 pounds, I think, wet uh, when I put it in. And then I had uh, NV4500 behind it. I had a 5.9 flywheel and clutch setup on it. Which, for those of you who don't know, NV4500, is a that's a manual transmission with capital M-A-N at the front, <laughs> and it has a, oh. uh, a donkey dick shifter about a mile long. <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's a completely different beast uh, than what we're dealing with now. And when I hear people talk about wanting, you know, a 3.9 crate uh, or the 4.5, which is a board and stroke version of the 3.9, um, so it, it, it's the, you know, five, nine to the six, seven, that's what a three, nine to a four five is. You're still over 800 pounds and you're, you're limiting what you can practically put it in. You know, if you're talking to a TJ crowd or even a Land Rover crowd or Land Cruiser crowd, uh, people have been making do with it cause it's what's available. Uh, but I think, you know, the more people learn about you know, power density and what you can really do with common rail and, all that the two eight will become a bit more appealing. Uh, yeah, and it's fun to watch people um, be disappointed in what they they uh, they expected to be disappointed, and and they walk away happy. They're surprised that this thing could push six thousand pound Land Rovers with a roof rack down the highway at eighty. 
uh, and still get good fuel economy. So uh, there's just a learning curve out there, and we're having to market against our own old stuff. Is that weird, Steve? Because and, and I also wanted to ask this is lightning. When did Cummins become the go-to engine for racers? Like I feel, I, obviously, there's players that are using all the different engines, but I, 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 if you follow the forms, it's the and, small block Chevy of the diesel world, yeah, by far. Right. And how did it become that way? What? Give me some backstory, if you. If yeah. You may. So, so my my personal take on this, you know, Cummins, we're we're the last independent uh, diesel engine manufacturer here in North America that plays in the automotive space. And when you talk about, um, you know, Duramax or Power Stroke, and and they they have great products out there. But they're not always, you know, they might carry the name over, but the product architecture has drastically changed. Whereas we've always been in evolution. Um, going back to 1919, uh, you know, we started with Classy Cummins and he had, um, you know, this idea to, to make the, the diesel engine better by a patented fuel injection system. And then in the, you know, by 1929, 1930, 31, he was getting into building this, what was called the H engine. It was an inline six engine. Um, and we have prototypes. If you recall, there's a truck trend article about a field find um, with a 1935 H engine. Well, that same engine, like literally that same engine family ran up into the 1990s in North America, Amazing. Like 96, still built elsewhere. So we evolved these things. When you talk about the 5.9, we designed that engine in the early 80s. You know, by 89, it was uh, offered on showroom floors in the uh, Dodge Ram trucks. And then, like I said, 5.9, that bored and stroked and uh, got a better fuel injection system, became the 6.7. And that's still the engine we have today. So when you talk about racers, Sean's right. It's the small block Chevy because people uh, are used to it. They're familiar with it. The aftermarket knows how to modify it. And when we come out with a new vintage, they're not starting from scratch. Whereas the aftermarket, when they go from a six liter to a or a seven three to a six liter and all over, they're starting over, right? Um, so I I think it's a just bit more reliable and steady course, um, and, and that's that's how we run most of our products. Got um, it. Yeah, there's not a way, steep learning curve for for new builders and old builders right. alike, right? Okay, okay, exactly. I, I I personally think that's the biggest thing, and then there's just a whole lot of love around our our brand is this little niche brand and uh, you know, that's the best part of working for this company. And like, I, I think I have the coolest job at the company because I get a, oh, uh, do great engines. By, by far. <laughs> and, and I can tell you that the Cummins uh, company store has the most comfortable socks I've ever worn. <laughs> and I wear the mountain biking. No, wait a minute. Then, so wait, wait, what? Did well, you? I'm glad you, you wore them and purchased them. I <laughs> know. Uh, I, I own a pair of Cummins socks, and they are awesome. No, wait, but why did you buy them? Were you out of socks? Did you get holes on the trip? Like, how did that? How could you? You're in the freaking Sean, hometown. Sean showed up. Sean showed up. This this drive was in December. It was like early December, and it just happened. You never know in Indiana, like what the weather's going to be, and it was the worst day of the year. And half these Jeeps, like, you know, the heat wasn't really cooking. One Jeep, the 4BT one, didn't have doors or a top. And it's snowing and sleeting, and we're going oh, dude, on muddy yeah. country roads. <laughs> so Sean's dressed in layers. I mean, I really felt bad, but, yeah, that's 
if you want to know why he bought a bunch of Cummins, so you needed them. That's okay. So uh, it's, it's yeah, good. I mean, I listen, I would have liked to pair myself, but it was just fun. I I, ma- <laughs> I had pictured that you either like I don't want to walk down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so uh, I I should post the picture of Dreamy Steve uh, Sanders who is laying under a Titan uh, five liter that I broke uh, out in Arizona. Oh my god! Uh, so that was great. Myself and Jason Gonnerman were on the uh, the Titan drive with the five liter XDs, and they were on this desert course and so uh, all the journalists were told you know it, you need to be slow you need blah 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 and so i went why we're testing the truck and so i have enough of a rapport with the cummins team and the nissan team and said all right sean you can you can push it yeah i mean as a journalist the day that you get the unleashed the to go have fun yeah the yeah, pass the pass and so I, I get that a lot so it's it's yes. great for me to enjoy that You're but like, oh yeah <laughs> i mean we hauled ass down this desert road and somebody oh, yeah. had not. Uh, there was a push lock connector. Was it on the? Was it the fuel filter? It was on the fuel filter slash pump assembly, and these were <laughs> prototype trucks. So like, yeah, all early necessarily. Yeah, these did not necessarily go down the line. It can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we went. We were going down this dirt road with wash you know, washes and whoops at like you know, 45, 50 miles an hour. Oh and, yeah, wide open. And, yeah, as fast as we could get in the short amount of space that we had. Right. And literally. Right truck runs out of fuel and just dies and we're like oh what? uh-oh so steve comes to the rescue crawl no, i don't i don't think it died I, it was we were getting oh we got lights right behind us oh and, that's uh, right they said you're leaking something, you're leaking something. <laughs> and i'm like i didn't hit anything that hard no that's right and then uh i've got this great picture of steve we'll post it on our facebook page at truck show podcast where he is underneath the truck plugging our fuel lines back in. Truck started right up, and we, we kept going. Perfect. Uh, you know, I never had senior portraits taken. You know, I was too cool for that. But that's the closest thing I have to it. Steve and action. I might have to put those back in my uh, my kitty book. <laughs> I, will, I, I, I need to ask you. I think we need to have uh, five questions with Steve and maybe a bonus question. So you can answer yes or no, true or false, or how, however you want. But uh, I yep. think we should go to these. There's a lot of myths surrounding the Cummins brand and I really think that Steve as a uh, as a spokesperson for Cummins should address these myths and answer, you know, to the best of his ability and, and clear up the facts here. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. So that wait, let me try this. Wait, check check one two. Fact. Fact. <laughs> Or fiction. Five questions with Steve Sanders. Do you have any no, 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 I like, no, I like factor fiction. <laughs> factor Let's fiction. do it all together. KJ right. and Sean, on the count of three, it's factor fiction. Right. One, two, three. Fact, fact or fiction. fiction. Like, hey, yeah, 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 that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That one and you can... <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. These, these are very important, um, and I'll do my best to... Uh, to uh, sure they are. Yeah, okay. Uh, Cummins is owned by Ford. <laughs> uh, that is false. <laughs> Cummins was ever owned by Ford. That is also false. All right. So you tell yeah. me when you want more depth. <laughs> answers. All right. Uh, you may have been um, party to a 2.8 liter equipped Nissan Frontier burning out through the first four gears. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> the five liter. Is your next crate engine? Pass. Oh, <laughs> man. I thought I had you. I, I thought I fish. had you. <laughs> you must confess. Fish. You must home. confess. Thanks, okay. Guys, it was great. Very right. important. Very important. You rather be coming than stroking. True. The next the next six point seven liter. We'll have a CGI block. 
No comment. No comment. <laughs> Where'd you find this guy? <laughs> and most important, in Cummins, the G is silent. <laughs> Yeah, it's more than silent. It's non-existent. <laughs> right. All right, everybody. You oh heard it gosh. here first from Steve Sanders. There is no G in Cummins. No, no, there isn't. <laughs> All right, so Steve, oh you're you're deep in diesel, as deep as it gets. And uh, this is lightning speaking. I have been following the great delete debate, as I've been calling it, Ooh, wow. uh, yeah. on- online. Debate. And it's with it's with every form of every manufacturer in the diesel world. And there's a group of 30-year-old, uh, 54-year-old men that are incensed and they all they want is a delete. All they want to get rid of is their DPF. It's all they can think about. And they're just wishing it into reality. I want to have an open discussion about deletes. What's the reality? Yep. Where are we going? What What are the ramifications? Are we going to get into ECUs and reprogram them and get rid of our DPFs? Are we stuck with them forever? Does it actually help? Like, let's talk about deletes. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's um, one of the number one questions we get anytime we're at a show. Um, so a little background uh, for those who might not be that familiar with diesel. When people say delete, they're talking about emissions equipment that more or less came online in 2007 across uh, most of the manufacturers. So you have a cool DGR setup, and then you have a DPF, diesel particulate filter. And there were some steep, it was a steep learning curve for uh, all these manufacturers because the emissions did ramp up, the regulations ramped up pretty quickly, and then they ramped up again in 2010, and then again in 2013. And, you know, Cummins was, um, we, we did struggle with that a little bit. We had some fuel economy penalties uh, that the customers didn't like. They didn't understand why this was happening when they had an 06, 59, um, and now they've got a little more power and all that good stuff in 07, and they have this extra equipment on there, and they saw a massive fuel economy penalty. And really, in the, the RAM world, a lot of customers didn't uh, come out of that until we added SCR. Uh, and, and with SCR technology, we were able to do a lot of that uh, exhaust cleaning after the fact rather than trying to do it in cylinders. So you got your fuel economy back. But in the consumer's eyes, you're seeing more complexity. Now I have to add another fluid. Like, why do I have to do any of this? Delete, delete, delete. Take me back to 2006. And we, we've seen uh, mixed reviews on them. Once people get to 2013, Deleting becomes a bit more complex. And you're talking about more expensive trucks in general. You know, your fuel economy gains aren't really there by deleting as much as they were from that 07 to 12 product. But if you were in warranty, you're obviously voiding your warranty. Um, you're limiting on who's going to buy that truck if you go to resell it. Um, and depending on where you live, uh, warranty or not, you might you know, where you guys live out in California, you obviously don't want to delete something uh, if you yeah. got, if, if you had to go get it smog. Not if you want uh, the man coming down or your truck yeah. confiscated yeah. or... That's exactly right. And, you know, th- again, my personal take on that is there are, as there are with any vehicle and any, any realm that we're talking about, whether it's muscle cars or anything, if you want something and you want to keep it in its stock form and you want to enjoy it, there are going to be better years than others. And some that you kind of want to avoid and you know my personal opinion if i was in the market to buy a ram i would i would be looking for that 06 and older or that 13 and up 
Um, and a lot of that's just based on what I'd want out of it. Um, I don't mind a DPF uh, as long as there's an SCR behind it because my fuel economy's back. And the other half of that uh, we've got to get into and we can't ignore is the way we use our trucks. And we have a lot of people that buy 2500s and 3500s that don't tow with them. They, they drive them around like cars. And the way uh, a diesel exhaust system really works is it needs heat. And it gets heat naturally when you use it the way a big truck should be used. But if you're just piddling around town, you're not going to get hot enough. It's going to inject diesel fuel to get it hot enough so you're wasting fuel and you're not going to be happy with it. Um, whereas if you're pulling a trailer with it and working it the way a diesel is meant to be worked, uh, it's going to clean itself out. So I know that's a really long answer. Um but that, that is kind of what it is. It's very interesting that you say that, uh, Steve, because I find that on the forums, the people who are doing the most complaining are the guys that just want to squirt around town. They, they're, you know, they're doing a lot of city driving, so they're loading up their, their diesel particulate filter, and it's regenning a lot because yep. they've got a lot of yep. unburnt fuel as the turbo's trying to spool up. Right. And and they're 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 filling the, the, the DPF and it and they're going into regen. So they're always down on power. At least they at least they're perceived they perceive that they're down on power during yep. the during the regen process and they're bitching and moaning about it and they're obsessed with cracking into the ECU on all of the trucks so they can tell the ECU turn off the DPF so then I can cut that part of my tail, you know, my, my exhaust off and either hollow it out or whatever the illegal move that is that they're going to go through, yep. right? What, what is the future for guys who are going to make this happen no matter what? You know well, what I mean? Uh, electronically. Yeah, I mean, we do everything we can um, as a supplier to our OEM partners and our OEMs do everything they can to prevent that and deter it, you know, through warranty void, et cetera. But the aftermarket is damn crafty, and they whatever we do, <laughs> yeah. you know, they are right there to undo it. There's a and way we'll around never, everything. We'll really never stop that. And um, really, it's how much risk is a is an owner willing to assume? And you know, if you want to buy a Clydesdale and you know walk it around like a little pony, you're you're, <laughs> you're probably going to end up a bit disappointed with what you got you, you've got this big cumbersome thing capable of doing <laughs> some really amazing stuff but you're not using it for that so you know in, in that sense maybe you weren't in the three-quarter ton market uh, as as cool as it is to have a three-quarter ton maybe that's not what you needed and when you get into the smaller diesels they're sized appropriately and so they are working a little harder to move the truck around and and keep up with that stop and go performance so they're not having the the issues as much uh, because the engine sized appropriately for the duty cycle. So you're saying that there are all, there are a lot of customers of full size trucks that uh, that bought inappropriately. Absolutely, more trucks, uh, more truck I, they need. I Absolutely. would agree. That 100%. is, you know, I, I'm proud to be an American, and that's the American way. And you're never going to change that. But that is that is a fact. So Steve. Just between us three in the room and you, this is something <laughs> that internet. keeps coming up that we haven't discussed yet, and we've been dying for a couple of episodes. I have anyway, and I want so KG. I'd like to get your take. You know, you're you're based in 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 California. I'm based in California, yeah, and it's a it's a tough zone for um, for performance across the board. You know, be it gas or diesel, um, mainly because of carb and and basically the restrictions that uh, the carb puts on 
performance. And, and, and by the way, for you guys back east, CARB is what California Air Resource Board, correct? Correct. Right. So you've got the explain. You know, or, or Steve knows. So there's the federal body, right? right? That's the what's the what's the federal body called? The EPA. 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 I should know that, right? And then you've got CARB, and CARB, just like everything in California, is more restrictive. Right. So we and there's the additional states that have signed on the same rules as CARB, as which is CARB. like 12 or 13. I can't remember what the total number of states yeah, are. Yeah, I think, I think we've got 13, and yeah. I don't know even there if it's statewide or if it's city by city. Yeah, regional it's, to the city. I know it, like New York and places like that have adopted CARB's regulations so that, hey— even even our friends on the East Coast get to go through the same misery that we do out here on the uh, on the West Coast. So, but KJ, tell me about your experiences. You're on the road. You're at events all the time, like like Steve is. What's your experience with these with the fanatical delete guys? Um, well, it's, it's a double edged sword for us because you know diesel power is all about diesel performance, and diesel performance is brought forth by not having restrictions, okay? And in the big picture, your filters and your EGRs and all and such, those are restrictions that limit performance. So in one breath, um, and for the longest time before I came aboard diesel power and uh, until some of these regulations really started to hit hard, taking everything off was the norm. You take it all off, you make big power, bottom line. Um, the thing is now, because of, the, uh, because of what you, you just uh, noted, uh, there's a lot of eyes on diesel, a lot of eyes on eliminating uh, various devices and such. So my thing is, um, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the aftermarket. I'm interested in seeing enthusiasts and hobbyists become more creative. Um, just as the creativity was there to make power without restrictions, I, I challenge quite often, I challenge the aftermarket and companies that we work with to come up with products to see where limits are on, like, especially these new trucks. You pay 80 grand for a new truck. Do I take this stuff off and make that power that these guys on the forums are talking about, or do I keep my $80,000 truck intact, if you will, uh, not have any warranty challenges, not necessarily have any kind of uh, inspection challenges? You know, should I get knocked? That's, it's, well, it's like a crapshoot. You don't I, know. I'd like to take it even to a different, even another step further. So when I was the editor of Diesel Power, one of the things that was important to me is is you know not rolling coal and 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 keeping the performance clean as as gail banks would tell you any exactly. black smoke is a wasted horsepower opportunity oh, yeah, right it's, it's fuel out the stack but, well, I, but hold on let me but let me just put it to this because i know there are people listening who are going you know holman you suck because you're the guy that's <laughs> keeping us down um but the reality is when I was the editor of Diesel Power, the reason I took that tact, and I think a lot of it has to do with the same reason and philosophy that KJ has um, running the helm of Diesel Power now, is we don't want to precipitate our uh, own demise Correct. by being jackasses and rolling coal and pissing. But yeah, it's funny on the internet you know, when we see somebody. It can be funny. You know, Back in the day when we were all young jackasses, it was different. But the reality is, with so much scrutiny on our sport, the more we do to try and have clean performance, just the way the gas guys had to do in the 80s when they were removing smog pumps and all the same thing, right? The diesel industry is going through the same thing. And guess what? Horsepower came back. You can get a 707 horsepower Hellcat exactly. from the, the, the factory, the warranty now. Pretty soon you're going to be able to get a 1,000 know, pound-foot of torque diesel from the factory with 500 horsepower. Right, Steve? 
<laughs> right, Steve? <laughs> um, <laughs> bad, bad connection. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is we're all here because we love it, and the more that we do to undermine our own sport, the faster we're not going to be able to have our fun anymore. And so I just want people to know that that's the philosophy and that's the stance we take, not because, hey, we're uncool, but because we want to be here a long time having fun. Absolutely. And I think there's, a, there's more of a technical challenge to overcoming the emissions equipment still making power. There's something exactly. fun about it, right? Exactly. There's a big challenge yeah. to it. And there are some companies that, you know, that we work with that are going those those uh, that direction, basically. And um, they haven't gone as far as presenting their products to uh, CARB for approval, but they are making things with that in mind. So hopefully, let's just say in the next five years or so, we start to see that. So someone, an enthusiast who does go to the dealership, buys that new truck, can modify that truck and still be within the confines of of the law if you will I, I the, the concept is so simple Holman when you explain it that way and and I've heard Gail Banks talk about it so many times which is black smoke is unburnt fuel right you've just wasted all that that coming out of your yeah. smokestack wasted potential. wasted potential right and so Steve I, I know you share those kind of the same sentiments what are you telling your clients, your customers, or that that are still like old school Cummins, black smoke is king. How do you? No, it's a really hard conversation to have because a lot of those guys are your biggest fans, or the biggest brand advocates we have. So it's a really delicate um, conversation to have because you don't want to say, "Hey, look, idiot," and you know, Gail is very, um, very good about the way he says it. You know, and Gail is an educator and he's an expert. Um, and, and he's very respected, but when you're just some guy like me and you're having a conversation with a 23 year old kid who got his first or his, you know, first second gen truck, um, off the farm. And the first thing he wants to do is add smoke. And he thinks I'm going to be impressed with that. And, and I'm telling him I'm not, and this is why. And I, I say the same thing Sean says, you're casting a light on this, um, that is no good for anybody. And when, when we're able to satisfy these three masters of customer expectations with regard to performance and this 900 plus foot pounds of torque. And we're able to still have the longevity that everyone expects with our brand. And we're still satisfying the regulatory requirements. It's like, what else do you want from us? We're doing everything we can to keep it cool and keep the fuel economy there and you know all that good stuff. But it's really, really hard to have a conversation with someone who thinks blowing black smoke is cool because they're missing the point of diesel. Well, you know what, Toe? Steve, rolling coal is is inexpensive and easy. It's the easy right. way out. It's, the, it's just right. uncork it and let it go. It's also you know the what, quickest way to end what we do, right? No, no, I understand that, but it's expensive and it takes it takes a master of the engine to burn all the fuel that you're, right. you're putting in, right? I mean, simple as this. Yeah. Stop being the dick in the movie theater that talks to the movie, <laughs> right? Like, like it's simple to do. You can recite all the lines and you bother everybody around you. That's sort of what you know, rolling coal has become these days, I think. I'm going to put another yeah. uh, spin on it. And Steve, you touched on this. I think that a lot of that now and in the four years that I've been around um, Diesel with Diesel Power, is, it's a demographic. It is a younger person who, bottom yeah. line, thinks it's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it doesn't—it it doesn't cost them anything to do it. Correct, and it doesn't cost them anything to do it. And and um, one of the first—well, actually, the first issue that I did with Diesel Power, the cover story was the smoke. Is it a show of strength? It's—it's it's a braggadocio type of thing more right. than anything else. And we—we uh, we got into the inefficiencies and spoke with Gail about that. Um, but anyway, it's um, one of those deals where, in a competitive space, 
um, it is what it is. I mean, I just got back from, uh, we're going to UCC. I, I just got back from Rudy's, uh, from the, the ODSS Outlaw Diesel Super Series and season That's opener. Ultimate Callout Challenge, for those who don't know. And, I, and I'm going to use Ultimate Callout Challenge this week. And uh, in a competitive space, on the dyno, um, uh, on the track, of course, you know, there's, there's a lot of smoke. And yeah. um, it kind of, bottom line, it kind of is what it is. You know, but I think there, uh, there's an acceptance. There's a general acceptance across the board, whereas the smoke we're talking about are in your, your rural areas and your city areas. What I like to say is, you know, yeah, okay, quote, unquote, it's cool at the track and at the dyno, and that thing is, like, wow. Yeah. That demonstration uh, equals the horsepower that it made on Uncork the Uncork it in an appropriate environment. Right. And you we're d- fine with that. That's you, what she said. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to, uh, you don't want to, to see uh, a, a, an old lady sitting at the bus stop and then some, some cat roll up, excuse me, but drive right. up yeah. and, and then blast the lady out sitting at the bus right. stop. You know, that's just bottom oh, yeah. line is stupid. And, but there you know, are. We're, we're seeing less of that. Like I will say yeah. in the Midwest here where we don't have carb and we don't have all that stuff to worry about we went through a phase where we saw a ton of that and then it is kind of dialed itself back um you know just like spinners dialed themselves back it is is not as cool as it once was and you'll see it once in a while and and honestly you see it inadvertently where it's not a massive i'm rolling coal on a convertible it's just a bad tune or something it's a bad tune and i didn't realize i was going to have to get a bigger turbocharger now that i got this chip and i didn't right you know i don't understand what i'm doing and it's a burp here and there or whatever it's kind of a you know slowly but surely slippery slope slowly yeah exactly slowly but surely though i think you know what we've been subtly preaching yeah. is, is finally starting to We've made progress. Hold, I mean, I, think, I, I definitely think we've made progress. Been, I mean, I was under a very, very bright light when but, I started this game yeah, I mean, when, some of the things that I said about it. When that. I was the editor of Diesel Power, <laughs> that was, what, five years ago, right? Yeah. And and so five, six years ago now. So we were really on the bleeding edge of trying to change the the thought process of people and trying to change what was cool. And it's it's taken half a decade to get to where we are today. And I really feel like you know we've we've done our part to be responsible to at least put the right message out there. I think people are starting to get it, and you know our, our listeners. I, I'd be interesting to hear what their uh, feedback is. Truck Show Podcast at Gmail dot com. Feel free to get in on in on the discussion. This is by far not going to be our last conversation we have about diesel and deletes and all that. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say, and and we'll we'll approach it again on a on a future uh, on a future episode. I would like to. I I'm not. Uh, I'm not skilled enough in this area to debate someone, but I know that you guys are, and I would love to hear that debate because I'm holding an email. And I'm not going to read it right now, but this is this is Matthew. Who's, <laughs> I'm, he started at uh, it was an L5P Duramax only uh, a form, and he put up a poll, you know, about and, and it just calling everyone out. It was like deletes are coming. Why are you spending money on tuners? Why are you Why are you doing this and doing that? You just if you just wait, deletes are coming, and it's going to open. It just I want to talk to this mother effort You're right shaking. here. You, know? you, are, and <laughs> you are shaking right I'm sh- now. I, I hate this guy. I, I hate this guy. I, they just, and I, you can't talk sense into him. He's yeah. like, they can breathe better. He's just, you know what it is? This is the guy that rock and roll was way better with Nirvana and nothing else will ever right. be as good as Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Right. And you're like, bro, which is true, which is totally it's true. It's not true <laughs> at all, dick cheese. But isn't it amazing how, how in, in, in the forum space, et cetera, there's one guy who, 
who is perceived as a million guys. Controls, right. oh, yeah. he controls it's the vocal the minority. Dialogue. Yeah, he controls the yeah. dialogue. Yeah. But I think, you know, having a guy like Gail or a guy like Steve on the Truck Show podcast, I mean, have you ever heard it explained as eloquently as, as Steve did going through the process and saying, Hey, this I admit these were these were the lean years. These years could have been better, but hey, this and this we fixed these things. This is how it works now. I don't know that I've ever heard you know somebody explain it in a way that you go, you know what that that makes sense. I get it now, and I I think that we're you know bringing experts to the table that can at least be informative and, and at least lead to open discussion about it. I think that there's room to have a discussion about it. I don't know which side of the table I sit on. We love what we do. We love our sports. We love trucks. We love diesel, all that stuff. We we are enthusiasts. I want to make sure that we have the ability. Listen, driverless pod cars with no steering wheels are <laughs> on the way. Ford has said by, what, 2022, they will offer a car with no steering wheel. Yeah, we didn't even get to this. This is the yeah. whole ECU thing that I hadn't gotten to. Right. But I mean, the point is, Enthusiasts are going to die a slow death as car manufacturers introduce autonomous pods that will come pick you up. We need to do everything we can to hold on to the very thing that we love the most, and that's the ability to tune and drive and experience the automobile and the internal combustion engine and, and all those things. So I'm, I'm for the things that keep our sport and our love, our passion, our hobbies alive the longest, and, and that's it's, what I'm for. It's absolutely, you know, hearing you and then hearing KJ, and I, I can appreciate both both schools of thought here. And one of the unfortunate things about diesel versus gas is that our emissions are just so clearly visible. And when you go to a performance event where cameras are and they're televised, and this is like, I mean, it's this rally of all these people that are diehard diesel nuts and all this stuff, and that's where you're seeing you know, black smoke as, as far as the camera can capture in frame. And, you know, it's harder to say that that's okay because it's a sport and it's an event. When you go to an NASCAR race or whatever else it might be, that's gasoline powered, you don't see their emission out of sight, out of mind on that. And with diesel, when you have this concentration of here's a whole event and a whole industry set up around, you know, in the eyes of the regulator rolling coal, and then you have OEMs in the recent past who have obviously not helped the diesel cause uh, here in North America or anywhere else in the world. It makes it really hard to get, uh, let's say, for the sake of discussion, a uh, regulatory agency in California to give an EO for a crate engine that doesn't have any smoke and is as clean as model year 99 gasoline um, yeah, engines. And it, it kind of ruins it for everyone. Messes it up uh, for a lot, yeah. exactly. It messes it up for a lot. And the thing that I like to, to, to say, I, I say this to some enthusiasts when we discuss this thing, Steve, is that, look, at the end of the day, you know, and this is a selfish statement, but we're all in this. This is my livelihood. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying what I, what I do. I, uh, I love what I do. And if it goes away by way of... Um, Self-infliction? Being stupid. Self-inflicted wounds? Exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know who I go after about it, but I'm just going to be pissed off. (laughs) Wouldn't wouldn't it be interesting, though, like this aftermarket, and I've seen it firsthand more than ever now with the crate stuff and and how quickly these companies are coming up with products specific to the 2.8, not just engine tuning or anything, but transmission integration and learning how to work with J1939 for companies that have never done that before and how mm-hmm. quickly they can unlock modern, you know, eight speeds and things like that to work with this. Like 
the Cummins nerd approach, our nerd view would say, keep the diesel competitions going. But if you really want to show who's smarter than who and who's better than who, you know, try to figure it out without blowing black smoke or try to be compliant to some racing restriction that doesn't exist right now. Um, you know, of an emissions level, we, we've talked about, we've even gone to like, um, you know, county fair tractor pulls and things like that with our off the, um, off the assembly line, new 12 liter and even a 15 liter and just going out and show them like this meets, you know, 2018 emissions and we just beat all of you with no smoke. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yeah, we're massive nerds about it, but I challenge the aftermarket to rise to that occasion. And you don't have to meet current emissions, but at least try to do it with, you know, no smoke, figure out how to make VGs work in your favor and all that good stuff. Um, I think that's where the next bar is anyone. And this isn't to to diminish people who are are doing this competitively. Cause I say anyone, I can't do it, but you can add fuel and you can add air all day long until your engine blows up. And that's what we've been doing for the last 60 years. And, you know, any kind of diesel performance competitive, industry let's let's take it to that next degree and be a bit smarter about it and try to lean that out and be as efficient as possible and make the most power without blowing your engine out well you heard it first here on the truck show podcast steve sanders from cummins repower calling you out and wanting to see who can bring it to the table with no smoke and beat everybody right (laughs) yeah beat that's right we should do it we should do event beat cummins right Beat Cummins. That's right. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. I'll leave <laughs> no, it alone. Yeah, no. no there, please. Uh, Steve, we have got to have you back on. Obviously, we're, we're good friends Anytime. and we talk all the time. But um, you are, were... are you ever in Southern California? I am. I, uh, I'm actually down with a, I got a busted hoof, uh, my right leg, my driver's leg right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get out to uh, Central Coast and, and Southern California. A couple times a year, so give me an excuse and I'll be there. Yeah, we, we'd, we'd love, love to have you in studio. Steve sent me a picture last week of his uh, awesome new, <laughs> what would you call that, a leg roller, a knee roller? He's got uh, a, a it's tricycle. A knee rover. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's, yeah. Well, you oh, put yeah. Your knee it's got tie rods on it. it. Yeah, he asked me if I knew of any uh, upgraded tie rods. And in the picture, <laughs> my favorite thing about the picture, and maybe if Steve gives me permission, I'll post it, but his dog is looking at him like, Go back to work. Why are you here? Back, and we had talked about having... Can you go to the office yet? Yeah, right. And we, we had talked about uh, Steve coming on a few weeks ago, but he was so loopy from uh, his, his oh, injury meds. and healing. Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, oh, we'll man. wait a couple weeks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I want to say, my friend, you sound incredibly lucid tonight. And uh, we, we appreciate your time. And there's so many topics we haven't covered. We haven't talked about the Nissan Titan 5-liter speed record team. We haven't talked about the durability of, of Cummins, like some of the race injuries we've seen to the engines where the, the, the trucks have still gone down the track. We haven't talked about 5, 9, 6, 7 hybrids that are out there with engine builders. I mean, there's so much stuff left. we got to have you back on because uh, I, I think we're leaving a lot on the table tonight. Right. I will bring the cold beer. All, All right. right. Steve, you just show All up. Right. Yeah. Can I come to that one? You can come anytime. <laughs> he's like, wait, there's beer involved? Yeah, yeah. I got a stiff tonight. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> Don't even have a fridge in here right now. <laughs> well, we're, work- we're working on that. Yes, we are. We're bringing uh, a fridge in. Yep. All right. Well, Steve, uh, great talking to you, brother, and uh, and we really appreciate your time. We will definitely have you back on, and I'm sure our our, our, uh, our listeners will probably send in questions, and so uh, we'll send you our stack of fan mail. Steve, thank Absolutely. you so much. Thanks, appreciate Steve. it. Thank you, gentlemen. Good talking to you, buddy. All right, talk soon. All right, buddy. Good night.
Wow. wow. He is a uh, <laughs> he is a wealth of knowledge. Oh, dude, Steve, I mean, Steve's I, awesome. I know you were talking him up to me earlier yeah. off air, but they, wow. No, he's impressive. Awesome guest. And, you know, I mean, we could honestly do a whole show with him because he, he knows he's been at Cummins for a very long time. Um, you know, younger guy, hard charger, fast mover, very knowledgeable, been in the OE space, now in the uh, the repower crate. I love the space. fact that he, okay, so he's at a company that's been doing the same thing for, you know, a billion years. Yeah. But he's in the one part of Cummins that has fanboys. Yeah. It's an, it's an amazing place, amazing company. Steve's a good friend of ours, um, just a great guy. We will have him back on. So if uh, anybody has questions for him, please feel free to KJ, fire him my have, way. KJ, have you taken uh, plant tours of any other plants? Not just not just Cummins, but any, like a D-Max or any of that? Um, actually, I, I took, um, for big engines, big diesels, I took the uh, Volvo tour uh, oh, a couple wow. of years ago. Yeah. And are there any, for our listeners, are there any that are open, or at least by appointment, where you can go and tour uh, an engine factory? I don't know. Because uh, I've got a fact. I, I've got, you know, my, my bucket list is is like AMG, Ford, Duramax. I, I, so, I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to, to, to step out and say I imagine there probably are tour programs across the manufacturers just for quote unquote fan people, fanboys and such. Um, the internet is your friend, you know. <laughs> oh, look, oh, look, sorry, I just figured, I know that you bend, so I didn't. No, know. I, I did Volvo, but um, it's funny you ask because uh, Thursday I've been invited to go tour the cat plant out in uh, Indiana. Oh, so that's so cool. I'm going to check out cat, and that's basically where the 6064 um, Power Stroke engines are put together. So wow, pretty interesting to go check that out. I'm looking forward to it. Our first diesel sewed, right? I mean, how I awesome think, was that? I think it was good. Yeah, you yeah. Ran. And it was it was Sands Gale Banks, but like I said, he's going to yeah. come back and, and do a whole episode with I think us. What the we'll way do, that KJ sat in. Yeah, yeah I think we'll do a, a, a diesel sewed too. Okay, and maybe we'll see what what questions oh, we diesel have. Diesel <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> so KJ, uh, this this episode sitting in here with us, it wasn't a huge disappointment. No, it was it was really it was pretty cool. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've listened a couple of times. Uh, I made it through the Freiburger episode. Cool. Wire, wire. <laughs> Let's wait, wait. I made it through. <laughs> yeah, well, right. <laughs> I was. I didn't, I didn't come out unscathed, but I did. By the way, it. the majority of people listening have made it through that episode. That is our most popular so far. So yeah. until but, this one, until this one. You know, I, I drove down here with a. Uh, a lot of unknown, and, and it's pretty cool. You guys have a good thing going. Well, cool. we will have uh, an ice-cold beer for you next time when you sit in. We, we'll get you in. We're working alone. on a refrigerator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need that when it's we have Steve fridge. back. KJ Jones, awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. Editor-in-chief for Diesel Power Magazine. We had Dave Ives, diesel technical leader at Ford Motor Company, and our friend Steve Sanders, program leader for Cummins Repower. I mean, awesome show, totally great diesel sode. We are doing another diesel sode because this one was so great. I'm in it. Hit us. Give us an email. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. At Truckshowpodcast on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends. And their friends. Say goodnight, Gracie.